All right, let's do this. We're going live in five, four, three. Oh my, just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good morning, and welcome back to The Incubator. I am your host, Todd Schneck. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Had the pleasure of interviewing this gentleman, oh gosh, probably was it a year, year and a half ago on, on the show, and uh, have him in studio this morning. It's been a real pleasure to meet him. Our pre-show conversation has been fascinating. We're going to talk about some of these things on today's show. Let me welcome back Alex Vidor, the business development lead with NowSite. Alex, welcome to the show. Todd, thank you very much, and it's great to be in the studio. A little bit different than on the phone from Wilmington, but uh, <laughs> happy to make this a part of well, my trip down here. Well, it's great to finally meet. I'm looking forward to our conversation. We might have to repeat some of the things we've already yep. talked about pre-show, talked about some fascinating things. Uh, before we get into it, Alex, do take a quick second, remind the audience a bit about you and your background. Sure. I'm an Atlanta native myself, decided to not wander very far and went to Emory University, studied German and political science, which I mentioned because uh, I've had a very interesting trajectory since then, which has landed me in the middle of the startup ecosystem. So not political science and far from German. So, <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, is that I got two degrees, uh, political science and history. And as you know, now I have a political background, but I use my history degree in the execution of my political life far more than poli-sci. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, I don't know what your opinion is, but to me, it's one of the most worthless degrees on the planet. <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm holding out. I'm holding out. Maybe in a few years. I'll, I'll All right. Well, use. tell us about now sites. I said you're the business development lead. What do you guys do? How do you serve your market? Sure. So we are a young company that focuses on giving decision makers within companies the perspective into their company that helps them make the best decisions. And I know that's very vague, but the, the best way to describe it is NowSite is a top-level aggregator that sits on top of your existing systems. So that could be a few systems such as just a CRM and some accounting software, or all the way to a larger company that has those systems as well as an MRP, ERP, third-party UPS tracking data. And you can think of it as bridging the gap, shining light on the blind spots. So whether it's the fact that you need to see your, your sales team in real time rather than you know through the status quo of monthly reporting where you're in a sense driving your company looking in the rearview mirror rather than the windshield you know we we bring that data together real time and and show it to you in exactly the way you need it and we do so on an amazon web server hosted uh, web page specific to to your company talk a lot about data and on the radio network alex and certainly in our healthcare space and then certainly in the, in the business space. And, and it's my contention that we are really good at collecting data, mm -hmm. 
but I still think we have a long ways to go in doing something more meaningful with it. And it sounds like what NowSite does is, is really jump kickstart that process to, to give you more insight into your data. Talk about how you do that. The, the, I, mean, I, I, can, I would think someone would listen to this and say, okay, real time is better than a monthly report. I get it. Mm-hmm. But what is, what, what's the true impact there? I mean, and, and tell me why that matters. So the true impact is, you know, the various systems, you know, whether it's your CRM or your ERP, they, they hold warehouses of your data, and, and many of them do a great job. And there are, you know, executive dashboards out there that, that pull the, the data together and show it to you in, in very sleek ways, but they sort of stop there, and they show you your company, uh, you know, in a snapshot of how it's going, but it doesn't give you the prescriptive aspect of what do I do next to hit my goals. So where NowSite is unique is that it adds in a, a goal aspect. So it, it brings together not just the historical performance of, say, your customers and your sales reps in those teams or your distributors and their on-time delivery percentages, but through some unique computation and ways of showing you this data, it actually shows you, okay, well, I have a few weeks left in the month and I'm only at this percent of my target. Now, what's the best course of action to make up the difference? And so NowSite adds that prescriptive element where not just for management, but even for the individual sales reps, provides them a succinct glimpse into their world of, okay, now how do I move forward to hit those goals? You said that part of what you do is shine light on the blind spots. Here's my question. How do I know what I don't know? So if I'm an organization and I have all these blind spots, I don't know what those are. How do you help me find figure that out? Well, it's a, it's a combination of, you know, our, our founders have in themselves been a part of literally hundreds of companies and through experience have, have noticed that, you know, oftentimes companies operate on certain assumptions, but sometimes they're wrong. And the ability to course correct on a daily basis or, you know, affect change real time is a outcome of being able to see your company in the right way at all times. Um, and so where we are able to come in is to, you know, ask the right questions and, and figure out, you know, what are the drivers that lead up to, you know, increasing those metrics that are important to you and what combination of your data can help you see that. And oftentimes that data lies in the different systems. And so where we add sort of a consulting aspect to the software as a service is help you understand the data in each of your systems. And hey, you know, maybe if you look at it this way, you can actually understand this nuanced pattern of, of why this individual sales rep had such a great month or week rather, you know, what are their best practices? How have they course corrected? As well as being able to see sort of meta level where these where these changes have, have have occurred over over time. Well, based on the example that you were sharing with me pre-show, which I'd love you to tell that sure. story, it sounds like what uh, another way to describe what you do is I help my organization hone its best practices. Yeah, is that yeah. a fair sound? And talk yeah. about that story so that will make more sense. Sure, absolutely. So one of the customers we were working with asked us to basically combine data from systems that may be a little bit a- atypical. So. We looked at the, for this company, 200 sales reps, the top 15% of the performers, we looked at their historical performance, you know, close rate, pipeline activity, parallel to their, their calendar, so the number of meetings, the number of touch points with each customer, and then also their Amex expense data. 
And we're able to help them uncover the nuanced pattern of, you know, if you have been an established employee of that company, you need to spend between X dollar and X dollar to really get those results. However, if you are within your first six months at the, at the firm, you're, you're actually cultivating relationships with clients, not maintaining them. And so the, the spend per month actually needed to be about 50% more. And oftentimes you'd have sales reps coming into a new company fearful of overspending on their company's credit card, but actually the pattern showed that you should spend more early on and then level out. And so they were able to then bring that into their best practices of their onboarding and actually have their new sales members hit the ground running a little bit faster and get to that point of spending the, the company's dollars more wisely a hell of a lot faster. See, that's, that's, one, that, that, that's a blind spot, right? Yep. You never even realized that that was a factor because you are naturally cautious when you're a new sales rep for an organization for that very reason you described. Exactly. Fascinating. And, and the beauty there is the organization can now empower those new people and say, here's how it works. Yep. And yep. we got data to prove it. Yep, exactly. And you know, there's there's that old phrase, garbage in, garbage out, mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, people throughout the hierarchy of an organization recording, whether that's sales reps or account managers or what have you. But largely the reporting that comes out of those systems is geared toward management. And there's no direct benefit to those on the front lines. Well, NowSite has an aspect where essentially we, we speak to the company and say, well, what would empower each person at each level to do their job better? And in the case of sales reps, it's often seeing their own pipeline, calendar, and performance activity relative to their goals, their current month's attainment, and their previous month's performance, and being able to provide that for them every morning so they don't have to spend you know, 30, 45 minutes to see where they are, that they can just come in and hit the ground running because they're aware. And all of a sudden, they're empowered and feel incentivized to actually begin reporting accurately and spending that time because, well, one, they don't have to then spend the time pulling that report for themselves. But two, they see the benefit because they're setting themselves up for success. And of course, the, the person who, who benefits in turn is the management because they have better data to then to make their decisions. With. Well, we've gone from this old school way of looking at an old monthly report mm -hmm. to now getting real time data, which enables you to make faster, better, quicker, more informed decisions. Mm -hmm. what, what's next? Where's it going? Where's, is there a predictive side of this where we can begin to make assumptions about what's happening in the next couple of quarters or years? Talk about the predictive side sure. of this. So, you know, oftentimes you have account managers who are focused on recurring business and to have a simple way of understanding, okay, this month, last year, these accounts that we had, had this value, they bought this many units at this unit price. Um, to be able to, from a sales perspective, understand that, okay, I'm at this percentage of my goal for the month, I have these many days left, but also these many units and this dollar amount to hit, what's the best path for that? You know, we're able to bring in a historical aspect of, well, Based on how this worked in the past with these companies and the way that you approached them and, and had this type of success with them, you might want to go about it this way. Um, and so it can and can predict success, you know, somewhat on, on historical data, but also nuanced changes of the entire Salesforce team itself or how management has redirected certain channels or a lot of companies A-B test, whether it's their their cadence on demos or you know, just their approach in general and to have 
that that day-to-day uh, ability to to find those nuanced patterns, course correct, share best practices as soon as they come to light. I mean, think about companies that have seasonal sales. You know, a heavy percentage of their yearly revenue comes from you know just the the holidays. You know, December, January time period. You don't have the luxury of waiting till the end of the month to look back and say, "Oh, great." Fred had an awesome job uh, that he did the first week of December. Now we know next year to talk to Fred about his best practices. So to be able to share the good things as soon as they happen and then intervene when things start to go awry much earlier. All right. We're going to go to break in a second, Alec. In, in the second half of the show, you and I are going to talk about a number of different subjects. So before we go to break, where can people go to get information on NowSite? Sure. So you want to go to www.nowsite.com slash homepage. Okay. All right. Alex Vidor will return after this short break. We'll be right back. Great. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation, idea-centric, strategically driven, humanly conscious. We're back with Alex Vidor, the business development lead with NowSite. So, Alex, when you and I first met a year, year and a half ago, you were in the ed tech scene. So walk me through what's, uh, what have you learned? Where are some lessons learned? How is the tech scene changing as you move from uh, ed tech to, to where you are now with NowSite? Yeah, absolutely. So just to, to give a little context, I was fortunate enough, I guess it was around May of 2014, joined forces with a few individuals out of the Raleigh area. And we went up to New York City for three months for the Techstars Kaplan Accelerator. So Techstars is a world-renowned business accelerator. In our cohort, we had 11 companies, including one from Bangalore, from Iceland, from Canada, a bunch from New York, and then us from lonely old Raleigh. (laughs) And the idea is that they put you through a three-month boot camp where they surround you with mentors. And those are mentors who are experts proven through experience and results, whether that be, you know, exits or, you know, other metrics, but they surround you with the expertise, the learning lessons to basically help your idea that they've agreed is a good one. And and you have a great team to make sure that it doesn't fall through the cracks because of missteps. So during that, those three months, we we learned a scientific methodology of how to test every little assumption. When I say little, I mean every single little nuanced assumption. And then in October, we demo date. And, you know, I was happy to say that in November, we actually won top technology company in education for the state of North Carolina. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a long road ahead. I'm no longer operationally involved, but still, you know, a, a part of the team and, and, and root for all of them. And they've been having some great traction. So still a long road ahead. But you know, it's everything's in the right direction. But what that experience really taught me was through the program, I got exposed to, I mean, an innumerable number of businesses successful, but also ones that weren't. And we studied what, what prevented them from being successful. And so it's sort of that methodology, that thought process, that pace, you know, one of their mantras at Techstars is do more faster. 
And so I've been able to share some of those experiences in North Carolina as in this past January, they brought me on as an entrepreneur in residence at the university there, where a big part of what I do is basically help share this methodology for these young entrepreneurs like myself who, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. And and so this is a methodology for figuring out what you don't know. And then also, how do you go about answering those questions? Well, yeah. Talk about as a young entrepreneur, sounds like you're even mentoring some young entrepreneurs, younger entrepreneurs, and you've got some sort of a boot camp that you're building. I imagine that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. here. Uh, talk about, we all think we can become Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. And it's a different road most of us are going to take than what than what he did, or someone of of, of his of his caliber. Talk about kind of the if you were to sit down with someone who says I want to be that. Mm-hmm. What's give me two or three key pieces of advice that you would share with someone to say here's here's what to expect and how to proceed. Sure. Well, it's first it's very interesting that you mentioned Mark Zuckerberg because even yesterday TechCrunch released an article that talked about the power of mentorship, and they spoke about how Mark Zuckerberg, when Steve Jobs passed, spoke about how influential he was as a mentor. For me personally, I, uh, for some reason, thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And so I took the, the appropriate courses in college, you know, the appropriate LSAT, you know, prep courses. And then all of a sudden, like a you know, big brick hitting me in the face, I realized this is not what I want to do. And so in a very short period of time, just a few years, I've been able to you know, shift my direction into the startup scene, and I wouldn't have been able to do that without mentors. So first of all, mentors can provide the ability to accelerate your learning curve. For, for me, mentors have been beneficial not just in the in the company sphere, such as with Techstars, where we, we met with individuals who, say, had multiple successful ed tech companies, and they were telling us how to sell into districts. On the other side of the spectrum, outside of the confines of the business context, you have mentors for what I like to call life hacks. So how do you manage your time better? One of my current mentors described to me this triangle, where on one side is time, on the other two sides are experience and money. And as someone who's in their mid-20s, what do I have lots of relative to the other two? And that's time. And so the idea of being able to translate my time into the experience that can earn me the success or compensation, not necessarily financial, but it's better time management. And so for somebody who has ADHD and feels like my, you know, my mind is going all <laughs> over the place at all times, my mentors who can relate, because I think all entrepreneurs are a little bit crazy, to give me the structure on how to focus on the short-term ideas and actions that will get me those long-term results. The other part is there's so many things that I've learned from mentors and people just giving me support and advice on, you know, whether it's how to negotiate terms for a capital raise all the way to, well, here's a good way to go to market, but they help me understand the questions that I need to ask. And so I'm not in a point in my career where I can necessarily say to my mentors, oh, you're starting your 18th company and you need someone at the C-level suite of this Fortune 500 company. I don't have those connections yet. But a lot of times that's not what they're asking for. All they're doing is saying, hey, Alex, people helped me. I helped you. So just be Haley Joe Osmond and pay it forward and do the same to others. So a big part of me being a part of the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship in Wilmington is now it's my opportunity to give back what I can. And then as my career progresses and I, my Rolodex expands and I understand how you know, the world of business, and I mean the world because I don't want to be limited to the U.S., works, 
then then my ability to help others who you know are worthy and i define worthy as someone who is uh humble and willing to take advice and, and though they're confident in what they're doing they also understand that they don't know a lot so that might be another piece of advice is people have been there done that but a lot of times the that for them is is pretty awesome you know whether it's starting and selling companies and there's a lot to learn from them and so i just do my best to take that knowledge just borrow it and then pass it on to others. You know, the thing about mentorship, and I like to take it a, a step further, in some mm -hmm. cases that ought to be in an apprenticeship right. where appropriate. Uh, so um, uh, what, what I think your message is, hey, as someone who is seeking learning, seek a mentor. Right. That's obviously an important message. And I think if you really allow yourself to think on it, you can you understand there's real value in seeking mentorships. Mm -hmm. But the other message I want to be sure we convey here is, is be a mentor. Right. And, you know, you, you, you indicated that you're giving back. Any advice to someone who and how they say, well, I have knowledge to share and I want to help someone learn and avoid some of the mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. um, what's your best advice on, on how to become a mentor and where do you go and find? Sure. People? So, you know, I think it starts with an opportunity to to meet people. And so Wilmington is on the up and coming tech scene. You know, they've had a few companies over the last year or so that have raised very significant raises, you know, four million here, one just raised thirty million. In a city that had largely been a victim of sort of a self fulfilling prophecy of a beach town. And but there's a fourteen thousand student undergraduate population. So how do we reverse the mindset and, you know, let young people know that, hey, you can start companies? And how do we let the the people who and there's a lot of Fortune five hundred executives who move there how do we let them know that, hey, there are willing people in the area that would benefit and greatly appreciate your advice? And part of it, at least as I've seen it, it was creating a physical location. So the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship is a place for, as um, one of my mentors, Tom Looney, who worked with uh, Steve Jobs over at Next Channel, says, a place for benevolent collisions. So where you can rub shoulders with somebody accidentally and realize that maybe you share a passion or they know somebody who's looking to, to mentor. People mentor for, a different, for different reasons. You know, maybe it's deal flow. Maybe it's because people mentored them. Maybe it's because people didn't mentor them and they felt like they missed out. And now they want to be sure that, you know, they don't make that same mistake. So you have to be active about it. But often it's, I found it following through. You know, I've sort of worked my way up the chain. The, the people that were mentoring me in the beginning were not as high profile, but I followed through with what those people suggested, whether it was read this book or, you know, go to this trade show. As people had began to have confidence in that I would follow their advice, they felt more comfortable opening up their Rolodex or the door to introductions of people more successful and had you know, greater experiences to share, I think. So it's, and then that goes to the pay it forward mentality. I'm so grateful for that. So now as I work with some of these other young entrepreneurs, I've garnered a decent Rolodex over the last few years, especially after my time in New York. And um, as I feel that they earn the trust of some of those connections, you know, I'm more than happy to open it up to them. So make yourself available, follow through and pay it forward. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I will tell the audience that when I first sat down with Alex this morning, the first half an hour of our conversation was him asking about me and getting to know me. And so it takes a special kind of person to have that kind of interest and passion. And, yeah. and clearly that shows, and I'm grateful for that. You know, and you know, I love the phrase benevolent collisions. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when, you, when I hang out at a space like that, for me locally, it's the Atlanta Tech Village, mm -hmm. you can't help but just 
pick up a, a cool vibe and virtually anyone you connect with, there's some way you can be helpful to them and they can be helpful to you. And, and uh, that's when I'm holed up in my studio lonely, I, I miss out on those benevolent com- collisions. So it's really cool when you're hanging out in a place like that. So it sounds like the tech scene in Wilmington is, is getting kind of hot. Talk, talk to me a little bit more about it. I mean, where do you, where do you see things going in the next couple of years? Well, one, it starts with letting people know, by the way, Wilmington is on the beach. So the, the center is actually about three quarters of a mile or a mile or so from the bridge that takes you to the beach. So let me tell you this. Are you, are you more interested in starting a company where you walk outside of your Boston incubator and you're pissed off at the uh, <laughs> six feet of snow? Or would you rather walk outside and have a crystal clear water on a sandy beach? So we're trying to... One, let people know that the the support to have companies, to have fast growth, high tech companies like Next Glass, which is a sort of Pandora for beer and wine using science to eliminate bad recommendations forever. It's fascinating. Um, and trust me, any beer and wine users out there will, will love it. But it starts with letting them know, hey, you, you will get that support, whether it's access to capital or access to mentors and advisors. And Two, there's been a there's been a corporate shift. One of those companies I mentioned, Encino, N C I N O, is a banking software, and they just had a very large capital raise, and that's to hire software developers. And rather than, you know, bringing talent from elsewhere and shipping it in, they're doing some of that, but a large part of it is actually um, tapping into the current pool of talented developers in the area and offering courses to help them get up to where they need to be for this company. So there's a a corporate responsibility shift, I guess, in terms of a uh, local economic development piece to try to help keep that talent local. I mean, like I said, there's 14,000 students undergraduate. A lot of them are very, very bright, but honestly, a lot of them don't think to look locally first. They look at Charlotte or Raleigh or areas like that, but they all want to stay local. They all want to stay at the beach because they went there for a reason. So a big part of what we're trying to do is, you know, attract talent. You know, you have the same resources you can get in other cities. The difference here is you get the beach, awesome restaurants and, you know, the, the, the great vibe of the area. Yeah. Awesome. Is there a place people can go to get more information on that Wilmington tech scene? Sure. Absolutely. Honestly, the best way would just be to, to Google, UNC Wilmington, University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship. And it'll give you a page to all of the events. I mean, we have some, uh, the founder of uh, South by Southwest came in and did a panel a few weeks ago. We had for the boot camp that I helped put together, we're actually putting 15 companies through a rigorous 10 week course of. We had people such as um, Dave from the Startup Factory in Raleigh, which is an award-winning accelerator, just to give an example. So I would say check out those events and, and pay attention to the this, to this city because uh, there'll be a lot more in the news about the companies coming out of there. I promise you that. Awesome. And one more time, where can people contact you to get information on now site? Sure. The best way to contact me is going to be via email at alex at n-o-w-s-i-g-h-t dot com. Alex Vidor, Business Development Lead with NowSite. Alex, real pleasure to have you in the studio. Thanks for making time to join me. I'm sure our paths will be crossing again very soon. I hope so. Thank you very much, Todd. It was a great pleasure. Pleasure was mine. All right, well, that wraps this broadcast. On behalf of my guest, Alex Vidor, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Incubator.